podcast listeners. If you hear my voice right now, I need you to do something for me. I want you to take out your phone or on your computer, go to Apple Podcasts, search for Ask Your Old Head Podcast. You'll see my, my logo, my little picture, my little image there. Find the show. Please rate and write a review. It's a small thing, but it helps others find this work and find what I'm doing here. And it really, really matters, uh, as small as that may seem. So if you could please do that uh, before we get into the show, I much appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Let's get into it. Peace. Peace. I'm Justin. My brother, Justice Raji. All right. So, um, so this week, uh, I guess in the preceding weekend, uh, Coach Deion Sanders, uh, Coach Prime, I think sometimes he's okay with Coach Prime, but Coach um, and his Colorado Buffaloes uh, uh, beat the, uh, the TCU, I think they're Horn Frogs or something. Horn Frogs. Yeah. And, you know, this is not a college sports show. You're not going to provide any football analysis. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's was like, oh man, Justin's about to talk about football analysis and, and the schematics. <laughs> like, no, there'll be no schematics. You know what I'm saying? That is not one. I mean, I might be able to fake it. That is not the Justin's uh <laughs> he knows a no, lot of things. Even if, listen, y'all can you can get on here with somebody else and start talking about the formation and when he ran out the wishbone and caught him in the flat. Man, the, you know, I know I know enough to be like, oh, look at that move. I'm not even going to sit around here and act like I'm one of them dudes on ESPN or one of them guys on talk radio. Right. But the, uh, I mean, I think it's more of a, 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 you know, ongoing cultural interest, you know what I mean? And, and it highlighted in sort of what's happening. Now, I mean, I think the first thing is always the, the phenomenon in our society when something good happens where people expected something bad to happen or at least something less than good to happen. And then how we all deal with that, I always think is fascinating because, you know, there's a, there's a reasonable uh, option to assume, you know, that like taking over this new program, even though it's at a, a top five or, you know, a power five school that has not been really has not been good since like Cordell Stewart and them. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Been, it's been, you know, and if you don't know who Cordell Stewart is, you know, if you're in the, you know, go look it up. <laughs> but basically, you know, almost like the Big Eight, the beginning of the Big Twelve, you know, they were running the wishbone at one point, like at Colorado's Damn. height. You know, what I'm you saying said yeah. the Big Eight. That's yeah. you know was, I, you know, and I think we'll touch on some of this, but the fact that you brought up a term that I hadn't even thought about, <laughs> and and how the fact that now we don't even mess with the numbers no more. Like right. they don't even mess with the numbers because you can't even do it no more. Like the Big Ten is like the Big Nineteen and a half. Like, <laughs> I mean, and even that that whole thing is maybe for another day because it is sort of fascinating in terms of the the realignment and reorganization. But the you know, I guess the thing I think is most interesting to me about this is one again. They could have a totally mediocre season, meaning like six or six, seven, and whatever, which actually for Colorado would be a success because they've been bad. They've been like three, you know, three, four wins a game a season type teams most of the last 20 years. They have not been um, a really a competitive winning team. 
and they've had um actually a couple other black coaches um you know but the the biggest thing being the phenomenon of recruiting changes and being even though we may perceive um Colorado as somehow adjacent to like larger population centers where you would have a you know bigger football source to pull from they just they, some of that stuff was a product of the times where you could get those California kids and Arizona kids, but especially in California, because a lot of kids, a lot of people in California, to come out <laughs> to those schools in the mid in 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 the Midwest and in the mountains, um, because it, you know for a, a, a myriad of reasons. But in any event, you know, I, I guess. Oh, I, I'll hook. I'll place my hook on this. Is coach is a. Uh, Dion says, I, I don't know the man personally, so I'm, I'm, I can call him Dion. I mean, he's been in my life as a, as a, as a public figure since 1988 or something, 89. So I'm going to just call him Dion. You know, Dion really likes to rub it in people's face when he feels like, y'all didn't think I could do this, but I did it. You know what I'm saying? So his press conference and then like, the, the do you believe and you didn't believe and, it, you know, it can be lost in, in his style that he actually knows what he's doing like similar to him as an actual performing athlete, which is is rare that sometimes athletes who have performed as well as he has as an athlete also can do the other, like the coaching. And it appears that he's actually, you know, like he's like a good coach. Like the, the word on the street is like, you, you know, whatever you think about him, he actually like the players are prepared. Like, you know, there's like 50, they had like 70 new players from the previous year, 80, something like that. So all of this is like, so my 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 entry point into to my question for you, or asking for your thought is sort of like, you know, how we parse when, you know, it's always the assumption of high level, high performing athletes, especially black athletes, that is sort of some magical occurrence that they're this good at whatever they do. And it is not also a product of their study and understanding of the craft of their sport or of, of choice. Um, you know, like, oh, they would have been good in any sport. And sometimes they would have, but also they still would have also like worked hard to be good at any sport. Like it wasn't just that they had magical elbows because of whatever reason, you know, genetic, they won the genetic uh, world series. Um, and you know, there's an aspect of that, right? Because there's only one Bo Jackson. There's only like, there's some people was like, it ain't a whole lot of people that turned out to be that, but there's also all the confluence of circumstances that lead to their capacity to be great. But I think it's like a really interesting thing happening with him, and it, and it has these different layers to it because because of his profile, he could never start in coaching like in the way that people traditionally start in coaching, where it's like, oh, you're like an assistant, and you do this other thing, and you work your way up the ranks. It's like he kind of got to enter at the top because his personality. If he if he was, you'd have to have a really strong kind of intestinal fortitude to have Dion as like your defensive coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> like it ain't a lot of people that got the guts, you know what I'm saying? Or right. whatever coordinator, like where you like David Shaw might be, you know, that you need a certain cut to your gym, you know what I'm saying? To be like that center of human attention is over there doing stuff and you're not phased by it, right? So say that say, like what was some of your thoughts just with like this phenomenon as it's happening this week. Yeah. So it's it's interesting when you when you built on it, number one, the idea, you know, of race being just like race and its related elements being this this dominant lens. And what I mean by that is like 
you think about coaches and you think about what gets written in is like, who are good coaches? And you're like, you know, if you're not, if you're not super aware of it, you're like white men (laughs) who run a no nonsense thing. Right. Like those are the good coaches. Right. Somebody wears glasses and the Belichick and the Sabins, right? Like, I mean, you had a run of these people who are really good at what they do. So that starts to frame your idea of like coaching when, you know, now you have athletes who have performed that it's at the highest levels. And we still, they still have to like prove themselves that they understand the sport. Mm-hmm. When someone like him or any other of, of these coaches and the folks that want to do this, understand the sport at their highest levels. This person is one of the best players to play in the NFL, like the best defensive backs ever. So led a, led a team, led teams as, as a defensive back, which is really hard. Right, you're like, like you don't have the ball. Like <laughs> it's hard to be the leader of the team and like make it just not throw the ball towards you and, you know what I'm saying? And you're still a leader. Like it's it's very difficult. And so I I think, you know, just I that idea. And then, you know, I also think Deion Sanders is like your your uncle with a chip on his shoulder, <laughs> like <laughs> perpetually. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like whatever form of slighting he uses as his engine, his gasoline and his fuel for like to push him, he's like. All right, young. Hey, you're right. You're right. They 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 doubted you then. They hate, we got they haters. Me. They couldn't see. They didn't they believe. The right. And, and, and so I I get it. But it, it it is a conversation that now, and 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 let's let's look at it like this. Okay, I want to I want to take it one step back when I before I say that. Okay. We have to one look at the system that creates the space that Deion Sanders just did what he did. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to downplay the fact that you know how you can have this system because college players weren't getting paid. They created the NIL system, which has essentially created college players as a band of pirates Mm -hmm. who can leave at will or be asked to leave at will. Because essentially, he, he said to them, you can graduate, but you're not going to play. I think that's actually lost in the equation, too. Yeah, he, did, he, definitely, he definitely said something like, which is cold-ass shit. <laughs> but it's, what was interesting is, his. I read like before the game, you know, his coaches at Florida State was like, no, Deion Sanders did the exact right thing given the landscape of American football, college football today. Mm-hmm. Like, because if he came in and tried to coach people who were one and 11, he wouldn't last three years. Yeah. Because some of them just weren't, I mean, let's be, you know, authentic given this conversation. Some of them just weren't good enough. Oh, yeah. They could have been coached up and I am, and I'm in support of that idea. But once we get to the place of college football, this ain't about nothing but money. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, we should not confuse ourselves. If kids get an education, that's secondary. And that's not secondary because I want it to be secondary. That's secondary because it's secondary. Mm -hmm. Once you get to the point where you can come in and get an NIL deal and essentially be making more than most working adults at 17 and 18 
and you barely in quarter football or scored a college point. And the teams we know are making millions, multi-millions, if not billions of dollars as a collective. This is about money. And he understood that and he understands that. And he's made decisions that he made decisions like when you close two stores because they're underperforming. And then people say, how'd you close that store? You know, people in the neighborhood need to eat. And then you say, that's a good point. They do need to eat. But if my business goes under, they still ain't going to eat anyway. Right. Like a lot of business, it it don't matter. He knew that in order for this to work, he had to actually go and do it. And he had to create the energy around him to do the stuff. So he, it's almost like Apollo Creed and like, like Rocky. Like you got to create all this pomp and circumstance. Like you got to wear the hat. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you got right, to come in with the whole outfit. Like, because otherwise yeah, they're not going to notice. Come in with the whole, he has to do the whole thing. Now, underlying the whole thing is a brilliant football mind. Mm-hmm. But we, and, to, and I'll stop here with this, we have been used to the brilliant white football minds are curmudgeons. Right, mm-hmm. they are arrogant, but they're arrogant in different ways. Because Bill Belichick is an arrogant motherfucker. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Nick Saban is an arrogant motherfucker. Like <laughs> they do not lack for confidence, and they and they and they over they overperform with arrogance. But it's it's been accepted because we've normalized it in the system. Yeah. And frankly, even good black coaches have been normalized for being functional within the system. Right, like Coach Robinson from Grambling or this person. Like when we talk about good black coaches, that just like okay, you know, say less, say less and do more. Where in the time we're in, you could only have a coach like this in the time we're in with Coach with, with, with Deion Sanders. So that's the uh, the other stuff, and I ain't gonna get into football too much, but I think this is important too. He bought people from everywhere, but he bought people with him from Jackson State. And he yeah, showed that like 10, he, 10 or 11 of the players. I mean, besides like ten, besides Shador and, uh, and uh, yeah, Hunter. Travis Hunter. Like you others. bought top tier talent with you and they are high performers regardless of where they would have gone. So it does point to the possibilities for HBCUs, frankly, to continue to elevate that quality of football because now we see that people that are really good in SWAC, they would be good anywhere. Shador Sanders was good beating up on Bethune-Cookman and he's good beating up on TCU. Yeah. Yeah. And I think think the other thing is, is just interesting about it is like, again, he... I I read a subtext into his whole like the largesse of who he is overall is like a part of the skeptical eye, right? And that, and, that, and I might be reading stuff into people's thoughts and and feelings about it, but like I understand totally also why a Colorado is like yo the only way we can. Like it's an asymmetrical response in a sense that like the only way we can generate the energy to be an attracting force is we need a him 
like some dude who's probably a great guy and has been working on his motivational speeches and has fantastic X's and O's, but has no, um, you know, charismatic persona that would, that would, you know, I think they'll say like when, when, if, 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 if coach Sanders calls your, calls your house, sends your moms and them, uh, sends a letter, you know what I'm saying? Put it like this. You know, well, you know what? I'm not even gonna do that because I don't want to put that out there. But let's just say, uh, at a time, if, if uh, my my son was still in high school and if he had actually got into football at a high at a significant level, I'm taking Coach Sanders' call, me, because I'm like, that's Dion. Now, right. you know, uh, Coach Jefferson <laughs> might be a great guy, or Coach Wilson, uh, you name the coach. They might be fantastic. Deion Sanders call your house and say, "This is Pratt. I want to talk to you about your son. Come play for me at Scooby Doo University." I mean, I'm like, I'm not taking the call because because whether it's real or not, his his presence has a value. Um, there's some demonstration also though that he does really care about like who's being successful in football and like get moving on with their lives like you know i'm sure some you know you probably get into some sort of you know complicated conversation about you know leaving one school and going to another or you know the the, the imbalance and, and power and authority and privilege within the structure of college athletics absolutely but you know within the nature as you brought up the nature of the system that we have like that would matter and then that would even matter for Again, a school like Colorado, which I'm sure the people from that are part of the Colorado universe, they probably feel like Colorado is the greatest place on earth and they love it and the history and the but to a whole bunch of three and you know, three and four and definitely five star uh college uh, high school athletes, Colorado ain't on the radar if if Sanders ain't there. You know what I mean? And it gets to the thing that I like to think about, like, in the world, like, having an understanding of where you fit <laughs> as a person and and it's, and not allowing, you know, so saying that, say, like, um, you know, I uh, have a, a circle of influence based on the worlds that I've worked in professionally and served as a member of the community here. Um, I have a circle of influence based on you know who I was as a as a teenager in in the place that I grew up in with the people and peers from that space. Um and to those people or people adjacent to that, if they're like, oh Justice, oh yeah, I know Justice Justice is a good guy. Great. Oh man, I'm glad Justice is gonna come to this barbecue and, and bring a plate. Right. And some other people are like, I don't give a damn about justice. Who else justice? You know what I'm saying? Like I I'd have to go in that space and like you know, I go to a city like Seattle. I know some people in Seattle, but they don't necessarily, you know, random Seattle person don't know justice. And that's okay. <laughs> right. And, and I think universities, big institutions, and especially ones that represent like regions of the country or, or might be the pride of a place, you can be there and assume that you should have the same level of notoriety as some other place you've heard of. And it can be very difficult for people to 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 parse it's like hey man you're not as popular as that other place and that's okay it doesn't mean your place is bad it just means it's not as popular you know what i'm saying and you know that's all right you know once upon a time oregon wasn't hip 
It was just there right. was the green team in in Oregon that you know was, was quite frankly bad. And then in the and early before you got them good jerseys. They in the early they did a hell of a marketing plan and some coach some coaching hits, and suddenly Oregon was is now Oregon, right? So there's a cachet now with the University of Oregon. You know, it doesn't mean that the school wasn't a good school to go to, that they didn't have great athletic training programs and everything else in the past, but everything else that has become its national sort of cachet. It didn't, it didn't in 1997, we was playing college football in 96. You know what I'm saying? Or Chesterfield. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oregon was cool green uniforms. Like it was. Yep. One bad dude was fun on the video game because they had some kind of crazy fullback. If you pushed him in, he was really fast. I don't remember who that dude was, but you could, you know, that was my secret wishbone team because you could play with Oregon State in college football 96. I'm just free secrets. I remember. So if y'all want to get back in but, the mix, you know what I'm saying? So, like, but hold, I just want to can I ever add on because I think you make a really good point, and I think it touches on the point of his decision to leave Jackson State. Mm-hmm. We could, you know, and this is just like a bigger professional conversation mm-hmm. because at what point, at least the first game, we might come back to this and be, belabor and be like, "Oh man, we was full of shit." Right, they got they got Molly Wop the rest of the season. They season's. got Molly Wop for the last <laughs> six games. So we might come back to this. So everybody just don't be holding us. Oh, I thought they thought today was good. But, uh, yeah, like, but I do think there's something to be said for the way he developed that talent. And then you put it in the context of just what goes on with the facilities and HBCUs. And and again, that that that's an entire community solution. One of the things that, you know, from, you know, we were building early, my experiences this weekend, is just because you're not wrong doesn't mean you're not accountable. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people, when we judge accountability, it's always right or wrong. Like, I'm bringing you to account because you were wrong. Then there's a broader accountability. And just as we should hold states accountable to make sure the HBCUs are funded appropriately. If you want to see your sports have the stuff that it needs to have, then we all have a degree of accountability. Or once you start talking about it, let's say responsibility to think through how you can make it work, even if you are did not agree with someone or you're not an agreed party. Mm-hmm. You still have a space of saying, hey, I think HBCUs matter. So guess what? Here's $20. Here's $100. Right? If you think that matters that much. Because the thing is, he has taken his talent to not a better level, only a more resourced level. Mm -hmm. And shown that his, his way he wanted to do it based on that could actually perform in those places as well. Yeah. Willfully, it reinforces to folks to now understand that HBCUs now are just not there. Just no pipeline of big fives. They're really a place where you can build. You should be able to build successful programs. And since our our college, our universities over index on producing many of the professions for our community and for this country, mm-hmm. when it comes to black folks, we also can think about how you know, how they function as full places so that if somebody wants to go 
to Colorado or they want to go to Nevada or they want to go to Michigan or they want to go to insert place University of Virginia, that's fine because you're an American citizen. You deserve due process to go where you want to go. (laughs) But also you can feel like going to these other places can be not only successful, but funded and resourced well. And I, I think, you know, I don't know what we're I don't know if we're going to take out what we should be taking out from his transition and the fact that he was actually correct in his assertion. Now, what went on at, you know, Jackson State and I don't know about under that. And, you know, uh, you know, did he game a, a ticket at the Invest Fest? You know, so there's a thing there, you know, so that's good. But I'm just saying, like, you know, he was right and he wanted to take his ability to show to who the coach that he was, which I think, you know, and also in the best, to me, the best case scenario from this coach prime creates a coaching tree. Yeah. Right. Because I think that is what also starts to change and shift the mentality around coaching and normalizes and creates a new normal for coaching and, in in college football and eventually pro football. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I, I, and I think that there's a um, there's a pathway. One, uh, I was gonna say on, on the like even him transitioning there, like it's a big, it's it is a state land grant institution. It's fantastically funded and has a giant body base. It it would be the equivalent of, I think, you know, uh, moving from uh, what like a uh, I, don't, I don't remember all the fortune counts, but like a uh, fortune five thousand company to a fortune one thousand company. Right, maybe not a Fortune 500, but it right. is like it's still one of the biggest <laughs> of the thing that we're talking about. It's one of the biggest ones around, right? And if you have that opportunity, depending on your own direction in life, you probably should be seriously considered, you know, taking the opportunity. I think the other thing is that if a player like him, again, with his profile and and a professional athlete of his particular you know, nature, which is, you know, a, a generational Hall of Fame player can also make waves in building a great institution in the world of coaching. I think that's a good thing for us as a society. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's dope. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. Um, and then again, with that, if it can build the network of like, yeah, and then the folks that coach with him, you know, he, he's bringing people in or it's expanding the pathway is also showing, you know, these um the the false sense of safety that a lot of the times is also a part of the reason why institutions kind of re keep repeating the same institutional decisions that may at times be mired in a legacy of you know racism uh, but also then it starts to shift to a like well but we we trust this process so yes 30 years ago, we never would have given this type of person or that person an opportunity because of the legacy of, you know, you know, structural racism. Oh, you know, or maybe overtly, right? Where now we're at this place where it's like, well, we don't want to do that, but also we want to be able to look and say he's done these things or they've come from this pathway or there's this trajectory, or you just don't want to get scrutinized or questioned because we we which has been a theme for me, I think over this summer. <laughs> Um, even is is pondering the idea of like when people have questions about something, it doesn't mean that whatever you're doing is wrong. It just means they got questions, <laughs> and it's okay for something to have questions, 
but you still do it and you still work on it because you're mm. not. You know what I'm saying? Like, right? Like the, the 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 question asking should be a part of the doing to me. But there's so many of our institutions and systems when people ask questions, people then think that means you made a wrong decision because you because you got to ask answer questions. Right now, if you're answering, you know, questions that maybe are, as we could say, for lack of a better word, bad questions, meaning like, I don't know, like you 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 hired a new, uh, <laughs> you hired a, uh, somebody to be your data analyst that ain't never did no data analyzing, right? <laughs> like, that's our new chief of data analyzing. Like, oh, wow, what's the right. team? And it's like, yeah, they ain't never analyzed no data, nor managed anybody to analyze data, right? Because you could have people that, that aren't necessarily the greatest at that managing, analyzing data that are really good at managing the system of the people that manage the data, right? So just because right, right. I know some of y'all, I know some of y'all think, you know what I'm saying? What y'all was about to say, I know what y'all was about to say, right? Um, and, you know, you could have someone who maybe is not the greatest engineer, but is very good at managing engineers, <laughs> right? Because managing is a skill. Everybody can't do it. Some of y'all don't think it's right. maybe worth as much as it's worth. But when you want to get, you know, you want to get that, that, uh, that new game system, on the schedule you wanted, or the, or you want to, <laughs> you want to go to that event well, that you want to go to. You want your food on time, time right? Then you, then you start worrying about talking about management systems, and you're like, hey, well, why, <laughs> why was those vegetables cold when they got here? They'd be like, well, yeah, because the person they cooked them and they were great when they were done, but the rest of the system to get that plate to you was bad, and Didn't therefore work, right. you got some cold sure. broccoli. <laughs> Looking at some cold charred broccoli with a, a pesto uh, drizzle, you know what I'm saying? Because you know what I mean? The, the 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 system and the stuff that's supposed to get the the A to the B to B to the C, it was not run well. So I I I, I just right. think it's uh fascinating. And you know, and he's just he's a funny dude. Like he he does he does stuff. He he, he it's fodder for he he does seem like you know the uncle that you like everyone got uh uh. uh I think a lot of it. I'll speak for myself. I always have a a a a, a adjacent family member of some sort, fictive kin or biological, who is good at something and who, if you ask him the right question, he'll tell you about how they didn't believe in me when I was coming up there at, you know, doing the technology <laughs> or the whatever, the sport or whatever the thing right. that is they do. And they can go in and they may be, they may have been very successful overall. They got, they wear, they drive nice cars. They move around the world. Like, oh man, oh, so, so what's happening? Oh man, you know, they, they down your brother. They, they down your uncle. They didn't see what I was doing. Right. You know what I'm saying? You like, word up, man. They didn't stop doubting you, Uncle So and So. You know what I'm saying? Could you, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what you do, but you're the man. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? And so like I, I feel a, a a connection there that I think is entertaining. And, you know, for my for the record, you know, uh, I think they'll be competitive. I mean that they, they'll and it would be interesting actually just as a thing for that whole conference to have like a great season competitively competitive competition wise and in its last year of existence <laughs> yeah, <laughs> have like seven eight teams with almost 10 wins and that, that's you know a whole nother, yeah, yeah but, we need to we need to dedicate some time to the uh, travesty which is the fact that now duke and stanford are in the same conference yes yeah, like Virginia and Cal are in the same conference. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's at some juncture. And, and again, I know there'll be a time for us to talk about this. 
But you know why the foolishness keeps happening? Because we all just look and go, oh, okay, welcome to the Atlantic Coast Conference Pacific. <laughs> like, or like, uh, uh, team that can see the ocean. Right. You, you can see the bay. <laughs> from, from team that can see the bay, team that can see the Pacific Ocean. Welcome to the Atlantic Coast Conference. Oh, man, I don't listen. Listen, man. I mean, Pitt has been in the ACC for over 10 years. It ain't nowhere near the damn Atlantic Coast. It's 400 miles away. And I know, you know, for those listening, some people listening, they'll be like, what is this where they're just remarking and reflecting on a time when six basketball teams, six basketball colleges all played each other, six Catholic basketball colleges all played each other, called it the Big East, and we're all enamored with that. So I get it. Yes, it's our age that makes us enamored with that. But it also was something that did reflect a time where stuff had some sort of like it made sense of it where, you know, now, you you know, and again, I'll stop here. But you're going to have, you know, when when Pitt plays Cal or when Virginia plays Stanford, like. How are you going to develop actual true competition and actual true uh, rivalries? Like it just it just creates yeah. a space where people are going through the motions to get in bowls of which I have no idea of the name of and want to play in this, you know, playoff, man. So anyway, I, I'm done. With, I'll, I'll leave that off. Right. So shout out to, to Coach Prime and, and all of that there. So. Um, and, and, and the other thing I wanted to share, and this would be more, well, I mean, I think, you know, you find your lane within this. So I, so I, um, the, the, the summer extravaganza, I guess you could say cap or before I got, you know, these had to begin to come back here to transition to, you know, being back at work after taking, you know, some time off is, um, you know, I had the, the good fortune to, to go see, and this is how I say it, go see the Beyonce, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, with 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 with, with the earth and um, with, with the person that uh, that I live life with, and who's more of a Beyonce fan, obviously than I am. I'm not not a fan. I'm just you know, it's Beyonce. It's like you know what I'm saying Beyonce's over there. Just, oh 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 oh. You're over here. Beyonce's over there. Yeah, you know I'm saying. I'm like, all right, Beyonce. It's cool. You know what I'm saying. I like some of this. What Beyonce's doing, like, but. Um, you know, it's just, uh, I guess, depending, I don't even think it's a culture war thing. I think that there's some people, I think there's some overlap between the Beyonce world tour people and the Swifty world tour people. But I would think those two are the world tour of the of this year that, you know, some people are going to or not going to, or at least would be the product of most people's, um, a lot of people's, um, how you say, man, what did you do cool this summer? I went to Beyonce fill in the blank place you know chicago right, I just, right. you know when I, I was in vegas i was i caught i don't think it was i don't know if that was the last show of the vegas run or if it, i don't know if there was a monday or not but um i know like at least four or five people that i know from here scanning scrolling through the internet's interwebs and the social medias was like i'm in so-and-so i'm like oh man you here for the beyonce too look at that you know what i'm saying and then this weekend i think it was at sofi Right, so this is this is a big extravagance, big stadium. You know what I'm saying? There's no small venues. There's no there's no uh, mom and pop <laughs> intimate. It's an intimate space <laughs> tonight. It's like no, nah, it's it's big. It's only Beyonce. There's nobody else. There's no opening act. Nobody else shows up. 
don't know if I'm supposed to say that with the world, but I mean, just case, I mean, I think anyone will tell you this. And and I guess I think the I think the secret's out. Secret's out. All right. And but the reason I wanted to bring it up and wanted to share about it is because it really is like it's like a real it's like a cultural experience. It's like a real phenomenon. You know what I'm saying? Like is you know sometimes as a fan of, of art, right? Fan of creative experiences, creative product, but a fan of music, you can make assumptions about how you feel about something that makes it like, oh yeah, I mean, I guess it's cool. And where other people are like, you know what I'm saying? Like they, they like I'm about to pass out, like you know, like with the old uh, what's the name joke around like Steve Wonder or Eddie or. Um, or Michael Jackson, like you know what I'm saying? Like they're gonna they're gonna lose it. Like people losing their whole, you know what I'm saying, uh their whole sense of self, you know what I mean, if 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 they got to see the one of those performers. And you know, this uh concert uh was you know that level of like, yeah, man, we, like people had outfits, it was like sparkles and stuff and capes and big high heels and, and little high heels and shiny things and you know, um, a whole lot of different ways folks was dressed, you know what I'm saying? And, and <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it did, you know, it, it was the, the packed stadium, you know what I'm saying? Like it was lights. She was on like a horse, you know, she had not a real horse, like the crystal horse that's on the record cover. And it's like, there's different, there's a big ass screen, you know what I'm saying? And and the screen be doing stuff, there's fans, the wind's blowing. It's real, it's a real wang dang doodle, man. I, I gotta give it up. It was like, you know, even if you ain't know all the songs or whatever, it was still like a good time. And and the the, the uh the other thing, and then I'll I will open up either for your uh, questions or add on or reflections of what you may have, have heard in the world, is you know, the the record itself, because it's you know, based on the Renaissance, which is sort of like a house, you know what I'm saying, John, but it's like also like a kind of an O2 house music and also you know what i'm saying all the the different aspects of how that shows up including you know what i'm saying as a safe space you know what i mean um or a space where there was a flourishing of, of expression as it relates you know what i mean i would say i guess to the lgbtqi i might have missed the letters there um pardon me you, you did, you see it, yeah. i'm trying to get it out but you know i'm trying to get oh, i don't have no notes i'll just i'll be freestyling out here sometimes <laughs> um you know what i'm saying but two communities that we would not always like without being like on the nose in, in kind of the making space right also making space and so like that is within within the context i mean some parts of the show are clear like it's obvious that you like try to give homage to like the uh the vogue you know what i mean space the um you know what i mean the uh the way you call it i don't know what you call it i can't say the name but the uh yeah you know what I'm saying? That's that aspect. Yep. And then there's other parts. It's just like, you know, Chicago house music, these other places, house music. Like, so it's, it's multi-level of going like, yo, house in this aspect is and all these different pieces of it are part of black culture, black music. And and then other people enjoy it too. Like y'all can dance too. Like, you know, you're not, you know, you're not excluded if if you uh you know weren't from one of those one of said communities. Yeah, you know I mean, and I thought that I was like, like that's a good thing. Like people came, and people's dancing. The you know, there's funny stuff, which I'll get to in a minute. Um, just going to big giant concerts because I don't go to big giant concerts. You know what I'm saying? So like, you know, what I mean, you know, I I don't I don't know the next big giant concert like this I would be going to unless somebody you know paid my ticket or like you know I mean I can think of a few, but you know I tend to go to you know 
maybe not small always, intimate affairs. Small intimate affairs, but you know, somewhere between the like sixty thousand seat arena and the ten thousand, <laughs> you know, five thousand, you know, Jazz is dead at the Mississippi Studios or um uh that's a Robert Glasper, I think it's coming here in a couple weeks. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, Bobby McFerrin next spring at the uh, at the research, you know what I mean here, like that's not gonna be Beyonce numbers, you know what I'm saying? So no. Uh, but but also like I said, so yeah, so the Beyonce, it was a good time. And I don't know if you got any, you know, qualitative reflections or thoughts around like Uh-oh. just that that dynamic or that reality anyway. No, no, I think that's just the reality. I, I mean, I will say a, a point that you made, and I think we've discussed it before, and it even comes off of the our conversation on hip hop at 50, is this idea. That there were other that there are other black musical forms created in America. Mm-hmm. And I again, being wrong doesn't have mean you're not accountable. We do music a disservice. We do culture and we do history a disservice when we when we downplay that. Mm-hmm. Just like you know, we talked about we down we do hip hop a down service when we downplay Harlem in that component. Mm-hmm. We do black music a disservice when we downplay the role that house music is black music, like flat out. And you know, is it because it started with you know black and brown folks? It's important to remember that's very similar to hip hop. It's our black and brown folks. Mm-hmm who were, you know, extensions of disco culture and were also, like you said, looking for safe spaces. And then it travels to New New Jersey. It travels to New York. It travels to Baltimore. And then it goes to London mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and goes to Europe and comes back to us. And by the time it comes back, it has effectively been scrubbed of its origin story. Mm-hmm. Or is this framed as one DJ Frankie Knuckles goes to uh, goes to Studio Fifty Four? They play the music, and then you got that. You, you know what I mean? Like it, yeah, yeah. it can uh, not the not Studio Fifty Four, uh, uh, the Garage. Mm-hmm. But like, so you know, I'm just t- touching on that part of it. It is important to think about that, and even if the album wasn't house music in its classic kind of way you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. Like it has an old yeah it has an old or homage to this idea and to the creators of it who often have been left out of the conversation it's an important cultural touchstone yeah if we can also keep that history out there along with the kind of kind of singular presence that is beyonce when it comes to music and culture you know what I mean? So, you know, um, yeah, big big concerts ain't my ain't my bag, but um I I do think that it's important that it exists. It's important that the space exists, it's important that you know uh, all people, but you know, we also know black folks love a good concert and they love to go and be able to show up and show out at the concert, and then especially like you said, with the kind of spectrum of folks who uh, see and identify themselves in the music. Mm-hmm. It's important that, you know, you have that form of expression because you have, you have and did have that form, 
you just didn't maybe know where it was at or when it was yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, and I, and I think it's, it's it was interesting. I mean, and this this is my overall like I don't because I don't have the the level of emotional reaction that I think you need to have at super big concerts to like I'm gonna be out my seat the whole concert like yo this is my jam like you know the way you feel like when either when we and once upon a time in life when we performed at shows or you would go to like you know a more like we're standing up like you're kind of supposed to dance kind of space where it's like there's a chair here though right like, am i blocking somebody else's view like i'm a big dude this person might not see the show like you know i'm, I'm thinking about all this other other stuff but um you know it, it's a very um you know it's it, it, the, the like i say the positive thing that i take from it though too being like in those big venues is that's like you know people really people really care and they're like people who are like really excited to be there like I can't, I'm so happy to be here. It's like the best day of my life. You know what I'm saying? And I I think it's okay to like be okay with other people enjoying something maybe in a way that you don't enjoy it and like not making it like nah, I gotta ruin it for them because I'm not as having as much fun. Like, you know, you know, I had I had a cocktail, it was actually a nice cocktail, and then and then the show started. The funny thing though was Beyonce's the only person that performed. And it was like people, I don't know what people would, you know, nature calls, maybe they had to get up. But it seemed like it was people who like was playing the like, I'm gonna try to be there right when she actually starts performing, just like a little too close. Like it was like, yo, yeah. you could have totally went and got that cocktail like a ways long. What, what were you doing? Like, cause they they had like guide stuff to like help people get down to their seating areas. And then once the show started, they started like it was about to start, they started taking those down. So there was still like people around to help you. But like we were on the the bottom of the bowl, so you could see like the floor. So it was actually really good seats to be like super close, but not too close. You know what I'm saying? If you want to pay that extra for however much money to get there, and then it was like people like like trying to find their way back to the seats. And it was like, what were you possibly doing? That you took like I saw you leave. Where did you have to go? Now you know they might have been engaging. It's but I'm like you you you. I'm pretty sure you paid a lot of money for them seats. I'd never left. I've been right there. Like I paid buku like, <laughs> bucks, as they would say. Right, I, I ain't never leaving. I mean, right here, I got two, three drinks. I got, I got, I got towel, baby. Like the right to sweat. Like I'm ready to go. Like I've been locked in, man. Like where are you going? <laughs> right before the show's about, like they blinking lights, they doing stuff. Like you see them taking the little things down. So I was just flummoxed by that, which goes to that, you know, speaks to me to the humans you know we humans just be doing human stuff man you can't account for it all the time you know what i mean like you, you can't don't try to make sense of it just understand that it happened you know <laughs> like but you know and then it was it was also interesting um like you know it's a lot of equipment it was like lights and like it was speaker systems and it was like band changes and like it was one color and a thing would happen and another thing happened you know it was real like it was like a two and a half hour extravaganza like i gotta give you know salute you know what i'm saying because that's a lot of work you you really be the only one talking for two hours. And to do it and to do it in like 30 or 40 cities across the world. Right. Night to night, like multiple nights. Like, you know, it's like got different outfits, like a tank, you know what I'm saying? There's dancers and stuff. It's a lot, there's a lot going on, man. So, you know, so you know, I don't know. I, I felt like it was a good little, you know, want to share with the world. Like you ain't see the Beyonce, you know what I'm saying? It was it was worth the price of admission. It was good times, you know what I'm saying? Props to Beyonce. And also she definitely. I don't know. Uh, I I read it as like Beyonce is aware that she's Beyonce, and she like 
tried to like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I got the feeling like she's like, yeah, I got, I got to deliver for the, for the fans. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got, I got to lock it down. So like, I'm gonna do all the Beyonce stuff y'all like me doing as Beyonce, but I'm also like a really grown woman with two kids or three kids. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. you know, some of this stuff, you know, I can't do it all the way I did. You know, in, in <laughs> when I was 27. Yeah, you know I mean, but I'm out here though. You know what I'm saying? I'm still Beyonce for y'all. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, go ahead, Beyonce, lock it down. You know what I'm saying? So. There we go. That's the end of the summer. I mean, I got some other footnotes, but you know, everything ain't for everybody. So, you know what I'm saying? But, but, well, yeah. No, I mean, I think there's there's a there's a you know, I think even on the heels of that, after you know the open is over and everything, I think there's a space for a recap. Yeah. Um. Of uh of summer twenty three. Yeah. All right. So I don't know. So outside of that, man. I mean, that, that that'd be it for the day at least. Hey, listen, nah, man. Uh, uh, all, all is good. With that, I'm gonna say peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Good Brothers. Thank you to my good brother, I'm Majestic. Thank you for listening to Good Brothers, uh, which is a part of the Ask Your Old Head podcast and uh, my ongoing, yeah, creative conversation about world and various things um you can support the podcast by rating and subscribing wherever you listen uh, sharing the podcast wherever you listen and with those who you think should listen to it um or just on your social media what have you uh it's been a busy year um september is coming in and um we're gonna keep 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 moving keep going so uh you can also support the podcast by becoming a patron and supporting me on the Patreon. Just search up Justice Raji and you can subscribe uh, to be an ongoing contributor to the show. And other than that, uh, I'm going to let this wrap up and we'll get into another conversation in the very near future. So with all appreciation and love, thank you for listening. Peace. Peace.